I feel I feel like if you're a kid playing in sprinklers, if you're not like wrestling or sitting on top of yeah, the sprinkler, absolutely. like what yeah. are you doing? No, this is a proud moment <laughs> uh, for me as a father getting an update from my my kid's preschool with a photo showing my child giving another child an armbar. Just like a behind the back almost like half Nelson type armbar like excellent execution. You know, we've been working on that at home and and yeah, beautiful absolutely. content. This is this is what I Like thank yeah, you for the I photograph. Come on. I want to see this kid inflicting pain. <laughs> He needs to be drinking out yeah. of a hose. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like this is all the things that we went through as millennials: drinking through hoses, arm bars, sitting on sprinklers. These these are the defining characteristics of our youth, of our childhood. And I want my kid to have the same experience before the goddamn world burns. It's what made me the woman I am today. And if if you're out there and you've got a kid. Look yeah. at me. I turned out great. If I drink out of want, those. Your kid could you be like this. If you want your kid to be the sports writer of the year, they need to have a steady <laughs> diet of arm bars and hose water. <laughs> Holy it, are those are so Those true. are our new nicknames. Arm bar and hose water. <laughs> arm. Oh, no. I don't want my <laughs> nickname to be It's arm bar and hose water in the morning. On one hundred six point seven, we have to do number one stop. We have to do our radio MMA. voices. Hi, this is Dana White, and I approve of one hundred six point seven, greatest radio station of all time. Oh no! No, now we've ruined it. All right, the end. All right, let's answer some questions. None of this. No more of this fooling around. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, it is time to open that we got some, mail We got bag. a full, full bag. We got the bag, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we did. We. I wish I did get the bag, actually. Everything's so expensive. <laughs> I can't go to. The, I have three people in my family and a dog. I can't go to the grocery store and spend under two hundred dollars. It's an impossibility. I was looking at prices on hotels in Hawaii. By the way, uh, just really quick sidetrack on that. Uh, it's just absolute thoughts with everyone in Maui because I very deeply personally know what it is like to have yeah. your town burned down and. Uh, I still have not recovered from that, and we are nigh on five years, so uh, that's really upsetting. Weird sidetrack from me saying I was looking at ticket prices mm -hmm. and hotels uh, uh, in, like, Oahu. How do people afford to go on vacation? <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I, I saw this, uh, you know that, like... Man with the sign meme that like has gone viral for several years now, you know, and like people just Photoshop sure. it. And, you know, there was yeah. one I saw on Instagram the other day that just said, how the f are all of you support or affording Europe? Yeah, I that. Yeah. OK, listen, I went to Europe last year. I'm going again in about a week. 
And the only reason I can do it is from yep. points and miles, which are a perk that I get from not paying for those trips during so, the year. <laughs> uh, next, this this upcoming Wednesday will be my ninth wedding anniversary. And thank you very much. Congratulations. And next year, the big the big one oh, you know, we're officially in double digits. We're going yeah. to Italy. And we're in the same boat. Yeah. My wife travels for work quite a bit, not as much as you as a beat writer, but she travels. And that's Rack up we've got miles, the Sky baby. Miles card. I we pay all of our bills with that thing. Uh that's a little life hack for all of those out there. Get a get the Sky get Miles the Sky card. Miles card. Use it to pay all your bills, your phone bill, your gas bill, your rent, whatever it is, and then pay it off the second that you see the statement and just rack that up. You get your credit up, and uh, then, yeah, you might be able to go to Italy once in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, like, so incredible. I was – yeah. Looking at prices, and I was just like, I don't know how people afford to do this. Like, unless you, I mean, definitely yeah, on a this single is, income, you this have is to why have double I'm income. starting a side side hustle called Only Dads, <laughs> and it's just I'm like, it's just gonna be me doing dad stuff, but I'll do it in like hoochie shorts or something. Like, I'll teach. I 100 percent guarantee that yeah, there absolutely. is a market for like, that. Uh, I will upload videos and photos of me like mowing my lawn or staining my fence or, you know what, I'll do something extra sexy and I'll just wear, you know, like an apron and hoochie shorts while I, while I, like an Ezekiel Elliott crop top, while like I do my meal prep throughout the week. Yeah. Smoke a brisket. I'll shoot. There'll be a video of me like teaching my son how to ride a bike, that kind of thing. Uh, and oh, that's how I'm going to afford the lavish lifestyle of getting out of Utah once every three years. Um, man, there is an incredible yeah. market for that. Only dads. Then I've, I could go on and on about how much my friends have just sounded like the horniest gaggle of weirdos <laughs> when they like see a dad doing like just the most basic yes. thing and they're like oh my god he's such a good dad it's so would hot. you like to, would you like to see um, me push, push just... a grocery cart <laughs> as i shop for cheese at basic Smith's? things this is also a call this is also this is one an advertisement mm-hmm. for only dads okay this is two a call to everyone to just have higher standards. No, because if they have higher standards, then I'm broke. <laughs> what are you doing? You are taking Smith's cheese out of my mouth. Re- <laughs> That's true. Never mind. All Keep right. your standards low. Let's. Uh, should we just get into right, this? Let's, let's go ahead and open the mailbag. It's it August, is. people. It is the off season, and. It, we're not going to talk basketball all that much. So there's your, uh, your, your warning right there. Uh, all right. First question. We got three just right in a row from our friend Yusuf Ahmad. I am Zusuf, Z-U-S-U-F on Twitter. So the top and bottom five NBA jerseys of all time. You want me to go first? 
I would love for you to go first. I have to. I mean, I right off the right off the top, I gotta say, I just took like, him not a huge yeah? Jersey head, which I feel like is a crazy thing for me to say uh-huh. for being like a lifelong NBA fan. Um, but I can. I will posture sure. wildly when you're uh, done. <laughs> for me, this is in like no particular order because I'm not gonna do that. But uh, like uh, Shaq and Penny era pinstripe black uh and blue orlando magic jersey the uh the sure. black yeah. sunburst phoenix suns jersey like a la charles barkley era the cl- the classic yeah. uh, jordan chicago bulls uh i'm going to show my region or my 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 fan bias here but the purple and gold utah jazz jersey is just it's just so good um and then, Great. you know what? I really like the 90s era uh, Miami Heat jersey. I think they're super, super clean. Uh, and then my least favorites, uh, there's the, the Detroit Pistons jersey that's just like an abomination. Uh, there was the Dallas Mavericks jersey yeah. that looked like the uh, trash can that they wore once. And it was so bad that they never uh, returned. Um <laughs> People are going to get on me about this, but I think the Boston Celtics uniforms are dog. <laughs> they're just boring. You don't you don't like I, the no. Classic. I have a thing for yeah, classic like and nostalgia. Classic. I just find them to be exceptionally boring, and I also just hate like the yeah. I don't know the whole narrative around them. You know, it's annoying. Yeah. Uh, the worst jersey of all time is the current Utah Jazz uniforms, though. They're so bad. They're dog. <laughs> they're MS Paint. Yeah, uniforms. Hate them. I am a huge fan of like the Miami Vice, uh, Miami jerseys. What a what an incredibly great mixture of colors. Also, the San so Antonio good. Spurs, the, especially the Fiesta ones. Last year with the teal and the yeah, pink. the Fiesta oh. ones. The teal, oh. exactly. So good. Clearly, I like pink in a, yes. a basketball jersey, but I just. I just think that those two have just really used color I, well, <laughs> and so I really I like them. Just really quickly, go ahead. One that, that slipped my mind, but I have to because I'm a sworn stan. The Minnesota Timberwolves purple rain jerseys, those uniforms, yeah, thank you. yeah, obviously, unbelievable, yeah. so so good. I've got no idea what lime green has to do with anything, or like neon green has to do with anything, but I really love really? the way the Timberwolves oh, use that. I hate them. I like it. I like it. I think it looks good on people. <laughs> uh, uh, it would be hard for me to honestly pick a Raptors jersey. I think they do jerseys very well in Toronto. Like, I I love the weird ones with, like, the old school Raptors that just look insane and cartoonish. I like some of their new ones, and they look more, like, yeah. traditional and, and like, classic. <laughs> Uh, those are very fun. And I think I heard a lot when I first moved to Utah about how people did not like the dark mode stuff that the jazz were doing. And I really loved that. I loved the color scheme, like sort of the sunset, like ombre Mm -hmm. that they were doing with the orange on the black. I thought it looked great. I thought the court looked great. I loved when they had the... Yeah, I loved I loved those jerseys. So those would be my I guess my favorites. 
Uh, but I think on, honestly, I think the Miami Vice they're, ones they're are so like good. They're so tier. so good. I'm not even a Ma- very, Miami very Heat good. fan, and I bought a pair of those shorts. Yeah, uh, least favorite. I just hate anything that's baby blue. Um, really? I especially, especially like when the when the Clippers or the Lakers have yeah. done like their baby blue stuff. It looks so bad. The uh, the Sixers jersey that looked like it said Sucksers <laughs> was really stupid and really too, bad. Yeah, I think overall Philadelphia has great uniforms. Yeah, and uh, yeah the the Utah Jazz current white uniform. Honestly, I'll take the yellow. The white one just looks yeah stupid. It is so bad. It just looks n- not only bad, but plain, and it just looks like someone weakly yeah. vomited. All right, let's, uh, we got a couple more of these from, from our friend Yusuf. Uh, what international jazz fans should know about Salt Lake and the best time to visit? Should, should I take this? Just because, you know, I'm a, I'm a lifelong a Utah. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a native uh, Utah. You should know that, first of all, uh, getting around in Salt Lake is a little difficult because our public transit is awful. So plan on mm-hmm. being in Ubers, uh, taxi cabs, give yourself a little bit of extra time. You can walk downtown proper. But that's about it. But if you don't, if you're right. trying to do anything outside of downtown proper, then you're going to need uh, a vehicle. Uh, the people here are quite kind. Uh, the idea that like you can't get a drink is very silly. Um, like, yeah, it's a true. little wonky. You know, it's not quite the same as other states. But yeah, you go to a bar, you show your ID, you'll be able to get a drink. Um, there's plenty to do. I would definitely, you know, uh, I think that. Salt Lake still, in comparison to other cities, lacks in, like, the culture, entertainment aspect. You know, it's not a Chicago. It's not an L.A. But there are plenty of things to do. And the highlight is always going to be the outdoors. You are 30, 40 minutes away from some of the most breathtaking landscapes you'll ever see. I would check that out. Um, Food scene here is quite good. Uh, And you can get whatever you want. Like, that's... You know who was it? Cone de Nost actually gave uh, Salt Lake the city an award for its like its travel as well as its uh, culinary offerings, kind of as like a, a a combined thing because it has such good food and is so beautiful. So right, uh, indulge. I would say indulge in the food, and you can eat whatever you want. Like there's great sushi, great Italian, great Thai food. Uh, the Greek food here is especially good because there are a lot of uh, Greek immigrants who came uh, to work in the copper mine. So get some Greek food. And, uh, yeah, jazz games are really, really fun. So if I were going to say the best time to come, either spring or fall. Winters here are cold yeah, and the like air late- is really bad. In summer, it's a million degrees and you don't want to be walking around with swamp ass all day. Yeah. I think, I mean, strategically plan to visit if you are specifically coming to see a jazz mm-hmm. game, right? So, uh, like, if you expect for them to not play out very hard the last few games of the season maybe don't come in april maybe come, come in earlier the in the season maybe enjoy enjoy the fall the see fall the colors, is fun enjoy the city uh, see a jazz game 
Fall's the best time. Fall is undefeated in Utah. Yeah. November. October, it is. November. Yeah. That's that's the time to that's the time to time to come and check it out. You know, and by then the Jazz aren't tanking. There's actually hope in the season. What what else does Zeus uh, have mo- for us? What was the moment you realized you loved basketball? I actually have a moment. Like I was already like a big fan, and you know, ob- but there was one when I was I was playing junior jazz. I was like I don't know seven or eight years old, and my parents yeah. had bought me the Grant Hill Felas. Do you remember those? Yeah, which were oh, like man. the coolest oh, man. possible shoe at the time. Like they they predated the like the first Penny so Hardaway shoes, which are still some of my all time favorites. But anyway, I had begged my parents, and I want. I was so I was I was a big fan of Grant Hill, despite him going to Duke. Um, and I remember <laughs> getting the shoes, and I had a very good game for you know an eight year old playing junior jazz basketball. But right. I remember like distinctly remember kind of showing out and having a bid big game and i was like i look cool i played well this is the most fun i've ever had in my life and i want to do this for the rest of my life and now you're, now you're yeah. on the podcast with me <laughs> look at look at how this love of basketball has flourished i feel like I'm so glad that you told a story about like when you were a kid, mm-hmm. you were playing basketball because I think when I fell in love with basketball, it had nothing to do with like the NBA or watching basketball. It was playing basketball too. I'm pretty sure that it was seventh grade. Um, and I'd played like basketball with friends and like at school, like just on playground stuff, but I'd never like played on a team up to seventh grade. And after school one day, I was in the gym and. I was waiting for my friend who was going to go and to mm-hmm. basketball tryouts. And so I was just waiting in like the gym over and just like shooting baskets and doing whatever and just kind of fooling around mm-hmm. on the court. And I didn't know that I was in the gym where the basketball tryouts were happening. And the coach came in and was like, all right, yeah. you're on the team. <laughs> and I was like, boom, baby. <laughs> Such a good, like the validation and I think that's what a lot of people enjoy about playing sports is like you were if you're playing sports and like you're out there on the field on the court etc like you are uh-huh. the one on center stage like there there is such an ego and like validation confidence thing that goes into it and to like feel that early on you know like before becoming a teenager uh-huh. was just I was such a solid thing I was like yeah, yeah this is for me yeah that's that's great yeah we love basketball folks we do love basketball. It's so fun. <laughs> Next question. This is from uh, Just Zach on Twitter. What's up, Zach? Good friend of mine. Uh, what circumstances – hold on. I clicked on the wrong button. Uh, what circumstances push the Jazz over the edge to start playing Keontae a lot? What does the record have to be and when for that to tip? I don't, I don't think this is about record. The circumstances – It'd be one of two things, right? Like, either he's, like, balls out in some G League games, it's just, like, playing his absolute tail off during the first few weeks in the season. He's healthy. He just looks great. And it's to the point where the coach, where Coach Hardy and, like, the rest of the staff are like, all right, we got to put this guy out there. Like, it's either, like, you can't not play him, or it's going to be the circumstances of just right time, Mm -hmm. right place, right? So it's, like... 
um, THT gets traded. Maybe, maybe Chris Dunn, um, uh, tweaks his ankle for a couple weeks, like something like that. Where like not only has he been getting some spot minutes here and there, but then he's like pushed into a bigger role. Like I think for him to get real legitimate minutes, he, there's going to have to be some extenuating mm-hmm. thing. I also think that like I really do uh. subscribe to what we talked about on the last show. That I think it's very likely he takes the uh, Ochai the Ochai route. The Ochai and, like, route plays the first while yeah. you know until maybe the trade deadline, and then we see what happens. We see who gets moved, yep. and then you know like while also developing. Uh, which, if he's on that Ochai trajectory, is a good thing. I mean, Ochai was a completely different player at the beginning of the season when he was getting spot minutes and when he was starting after the trade deadline. And, I mean, that's to me, that's best-case scenario. Yeah, and, like, I mean, even then, there were some circumstances that, like, played in Ochai's favor. Like, it absolutely helped that you know, the front office was kind of holding Will's arm behind mm-hmm. his back and, like, not really letting him play guys. Like, injuries yeah, were and Clarkson. Uh, treated with absolute caution. Yeah. Like, there, there was a reason why Ochai was able to get a little bit more run. And so maybe it takes, like, a couple of injuries or something for him to get more than spot minutes. But I think I think the important thing is, like, what does he do yep. when he actually gets the minutes? Yep, yep. And then that's going to determine, determine everything. Because we saw what happened with Jared Butler. He got a couple of chances when Mike Conley uh, was injured. And those minutes ended up yep. going to Trent Forrest. <laughs> and so it, it's mm-hmm. what you do once you're yeah. out there. And I I mean, for the record, I have a lot of faith in Keontae. You know, I do too. I'm very, very high, high on him right now. He showed out in Summer League as well as the way that he transformed his body in the offseason really speaks to me about his like how serious he's taking this, how competitive he is, and like that commitment to success. If he didn't care, he wouldn't have done that. But the kid lost what 20 something pounds and looked awesome. And even like watching his, I watched his highlights and a lot of his tape when he was in college and in comparison to the summer league, he's quicker. His first step is way more explosive. He's bouncier now and more athletic because he, he's lost that weight. Like he's throwing down alley-oops in summer league. I, you know, that's, that really, really surprised me. So, uh, I do think that like, there are obviously things that he needs to improve on. I mean, he's a, he's a rookie, but, uh, I think before the end of this season, I would think that Keontae will be getting at least rotational minutes. Yeah. But we'll just, yeah. Jury's out on when that will be. All right. Next question is from our boy uh, Porter Larson from ESPN 700, uh, which, you know, you oh, can listen Porter. to Sarah on ESPN 700 quite often. That's yeah. true. I am on there. Love Spence. Good, love good Porter. Those, we... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Long time listener. Thoughts on the triangle offense, trial triangles as instruments <laughs> and also uh love triangles. I'll take I'll take this this one if you don't mind. Yeah. Just real quick before you actually okay. I'll go after you. Uh, you I take it away. I personally am a big fan of the triangle offense, with the caveat that you need certain players. If you have a Michael Jordan if you have a Kobe Bryant, if you have a Pau Gasol, if you have a Shaquille O'Neal, if you have a guy 
who is both effective and efficient when it comes to a high usage rate, and you have the quality players. I mean, if look, look, look. Look back at those Lakers squads with, with Kobe and Powell and Kobe and Shaq. You know, when you have Glenn Rice and Lamar Odom and Pau Gasol and, you know, Ron Artest and all these other guys on those teams that are complementary players. The same thing with, like, you know, Ron Harper and Steve Kerr and Scottie Pippen and all those on the Bulls. It works great. But if you don't have those guys, it's a nightmare so you better hope that you have the right people in place or it's going to be it's going to be a disaster having someone who like you you were exactly describing it at a high usage rate they are not only efficient but like physically dominant yeah absolutely like that is that it is works really well key. when you have shaquille o'neal <laughs> in the post yeah, like it it work it's amazing when you have yes. Michael Jordan. <laughs> and I'm just remembering uh when Steve Kerr first was hired as the head coach of the Warriors. <laughs> I was covering the I know team. where you're going with this. I love it. And I'm uh oh I uh, I don't know if I've told you this before, but it doesn't matter. But like maybe day 1 or 2 of training camp, we were um just kind of just shooting the shit with him after practice and the question was posed like oh you know explain the triangle like from your point of view and he was and he just stood there on the court with like four reporters and just like walked through the triangle offense which was very like as a young reporter too watching this i was like this is the most incredible thing you that's watched ever the happened last, to me last dance right and, that with uh, yeah. Dennis Rodman trying to explain the triangle offense, and he's like, "People go here, and then you yeah. get the ball to Michael, and you go here." And, yeah. and then you know, yeah. uh, but, Bill uh, Wennington gets a dunk. Right, and at the like, you know, after a couple of minutes, and then Steve just looks up and he's like, "But I mean, most importantly, when you have Michael Jordan, yeah, the exactly. triangle works." <laughs> and so that's, but at that's the same the yeah, and at the same time, you could put. Michael Jordan and a flex motion offense or any other offense out there. And he would be, he would be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Triangles and instruments. Great. Uh, Love triangles. The only love triangle that I would ever suggest being involved in is listening to bizarre love triangle by new order. Um, I guess not a fan of triangles. (laughs) Try another angle. So, there yeah, we go. exactly. All right. Let's let's move on. God, Next. I exited out of the questions. I'm a moron. Just once. Like I was texting you yesterday. I just just once I'd like to be smart. All right. This is from our friend. I'm so really stupid. Funny. I really hope people understand that. Um He really did text me just one day. I'd like once. to be smart. One day. Instead of just being a spectacular idiot constantly. Uh, this is from our friend Michael, MT Hill 22. Uh, advice on getting a tattoo. Nothing specific, just any advice. You... My advice is I, I'm just like not a fan of the ointments and goos and stuff that they sell mm-hmm. to you in tattoo shops. Just buy some Aquaphor and yep. apply it daily. 
Like that that is my that is my tip to everyone is like you don't have to go crazy. You don't want it to be completely wet and goopy. Just like put it on like it's lotion, apply it daily and your tattoo will heal perfectly. You don't need to do any special timing. You don't have to do it like ex- uh, early in the morning and it, like just in the middle of the day just put some mock for on your tattoo. It'll heal fine. That's that's solid advice as somebody who has uh, <laughs> recently just got uh, a sleeve and has been applying Aquaphor uh, judiciously multiple times a day. Yeah, uh, you just Make sure that you're moisturized like a yes. well-lotioned human. Yes, that is going to help you heal. Uh, but very specifically, don't use lotion. Stay out of for at least a week after a tattoo. Um, yes. Oh, my God. Stay out of – don't go swimming. Showering, whatever. I uh, – fun story. Living in San Diego in college, uh, I got a tattoo on a night in Pacific Beach when I had no business getting right. a yeah. tattoo. And – then immediately went oh, swimming no. in the ocean, and it just like did not yeah. turn out well. And I had to have the tattoo redone, and it was, yeah. and it still looks weird. So, just so like don't I do have that. a bevy of advice. Um, one, especially yeah. as somebody who got tattooed right after he turned eighteen, uh, make sure same do your on my do birthday your research <laughs> and really uh, ask yourself consciously. Is this something I want on my body for the rest of my life? I've had two tattoos covered up. I am getting one removed. Getting it removed hurts so much worse than actually getting tattooed. And getting a tattoo removed is like, it's not a guarantee that it will get removed. I still have, I've gone through four sessions. I need at least two others. And there's a bunch of red ink in one of my tattoos and it might just not come out. So I, I might just have that, like a splotch of red on my back that looks like a pimple popped. Um, yeah. I, I think one of the other things I would say is I think that sometimes people will look at that, their tattoos and while they're fine having it on their body, they'll be like, oh my god, I was so stupid. I got this dumb tattoo when I was younger. Uh, but don't look like – look back on your tattoos not just for the piece that you got and what the actual, like, art is, but I look at all my tattoos of, like, representations of, a like, a yeah. point in my life. And so when I look at the tattoo that I got on my 18th birthday, I'm like, I remember where I was, who my friends were at the time, what I was doing, the concert that I went to that night. Like, just a bunch of weird things that are very happy for me to look back on. And so like just remembering where you were in life and enjoying that you have these physical representations sure. of those memories is, they are, is very nice. Yeah, consider them like, they're like road signs on your journey of life. Yeah. Um, a couple more things and then we'll move on. Um, do your research, like really see what shops you want to, you want to go to the artists, uh, my DMs are open. I'm happy to talk about who I've gone to and I've been very happy with. Um, uh, and also, uh, good work ain't cheap and cheap work ain't good. It's going to be, it's going to be, yeah, uh, man. Uh, it, it's going to be expensive, but understand like you're investing not only in your body, but in a piece of art that you're going to own for the rest of your life. Take that into consideration. Yeah. Don't just walk into some like random shop in the middle of nowhere and be like, I want this thing. Like if you if that's your bag, yeah. fine, but I wouldn't recommend that. Um, and then getting tattooed sucks. I'm a fairly heavily tattooed person. 
Um, I have a Same. fairly decently high pain threshold. Uh, it's not fun. It's not an enjoyable experience. It hurts. Uh, it's tolerable. For me, it kind of feels like just a prolonged beasting or like a prolonged getting splashed with bacon grease. And it all depends on like, like there are a lot of people who would be like, oh, this place hurts the worst. This place hurts the worst. There are a lot of places that just like hurt for other subjective. people so bad. Like just, yeah, it's completely subjective. That does, that does not like mm-hmm. go across uh, all people. It's not a blanket statement. And, uh, and I have gotten so much more picky mm-hmm. and into my research for my artists that I choose as I've gotten older and like I have lived in Utah for three years and I have only just decided like in the last month who I want yeah. to tattoo me. So uh, it is, it's worth investing time. Just like yep. go on Instagram. And again, like, go on uh, Instagram. Mike, my DMS are open. If you want to talk, uh, I know quite a few artists Same. and I'm happy to give you, you know, whatever advice I can get. Also the day you get tattooed, take it, eat, eat before, before you go, you make go. sure you're hydrated, make sure you're rested <laughs> I made the mistake once of going through like a really horrific like MMA uh, like boot camp workout and then going straight to the tattoo parlor. And I I almost passed out because I was like – it was such a shock to my system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Don't don't drink before you go. You bleed so much more. Sound mind and body. Uh, Yeah. Eat before you go. Drink water. Take a couple ibuprofen before you go. All right, uh, this is one from our boy uh, Shocks, who's been on uh, Brigham Young Money a few times. Shout up or shout out to Shocks. What part will you play? He's uh, he's our our Boston boy. What part will you play in the glorious yeah. Massachusetts future? Uh, I plan on collaborating with Danny Ainge when he goes back to Mag- Massachusetts uh, and basically. Launching a military t- style coup where I take over Massachusetts and I am the supreme dictator of Massachusetts. And then, you know, we do a little bit of a march. Eventually, I take over Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. Uh, by then, I will have the, the numbers necessary to take over New York City and will remain in infamy as. Greg One is playing of the Risk. Great military <laughs> leaders and conquerors of all time. My name will be synonymous with Alexander the Great, uh, Genghis Khan. <laughs> I will father more children than Genghis Khan. I will repopulate the earth and you know, we'll live in the utopia we all want, but it will have to it'll have to start Listen. with me and Danny Ainge taking over Massachusetts. I feel like I would never be welcome because I, at the age of 36, which is how old I think I am. Yeah. Okay. 36. (laughs) Um, I still have problems saying Massachusetts. (laughs) I have to really think about it because if I say it too fast, all I say is Massachusetts. Yeah, sounds about right. Because nobody gives and, a, and no one gives two and, about Boston, right? <laughs> not, and I'm not even trying to make a joke. It's just what I say, and so I think that would slip out, and then I would be self conscious, and then try to, um, you know, rule through fear and power, and it would become a totalitarian uh, state. So just like this podcast. Um, 
it's just good that I'm not in power. <laughs> also, uh, first order of business is we're changing the Celtics uniforms. Oh, I, I like never the said green. it didn't have to be green. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, from our friend Holly Hardy says the two of you seem like you've been friends for a long time. How did you meet? And then a jazz related question. What do you see happening with Colin Sexton this year? Starting sixth man or trade piece? Uh, should I explain how, how you and I met? I'm interested to hear you okay, explain how so we met. <laughs> in the throes of COVID, my friends and I, mm-hmm. we started a Slack group. We all met online And then as the weather got warmer and we were all just losing our mind and becoming Jack Torrance in The Shining, that's a book and a movie, starting (laughs) – Saw the movie. I watched that movie this year. This is a movie that that you know. Um, We decided – like we started off doing like G-chats and just like Friday night like Zoom hangouts and then that – Uh, expanded to us doing social distanced hangouts on my front yard. That's how Brigham Young Money got started. Uh, This was right around the time that Sarah moved to Salt Lake. Uh, And I slid into those Mm -hmm. DMs. And I asked Sarah to uh, come on our show on Brigham Young Money. And she happily obliged. And we recorded a lovely episode. From then, I – what was it? We – we got invited, got invited into the into Slack, the Slack group. group. Um, and then, yeah, she became a, a friend of mine. I had a cookout once COVID – like once we were all uh, vaccinated and got – we were we vaccinated and boosted, I had a – Yeah, I was in – I was at one of the hangouts before, before that though in the yard. Yeah. And then I had a cookout um, where you met Colin. I was at – Right. That's the I met Colin. The first time I ever met Colin was on a Zoom for a friend's birthday. Such a sweet and boy. then, uh, not long after that, I met him in person at the like backyard bonfire hangout mm-hmm. at your place, and that was, um, I was like, oh, I know this Colin guy. Like, so this is fun. I know someone here, and this is my first time meeting you guys like in person and stuff, and uh. That was fun, and now now I'm living with the guy. Amazing what happens. Amazing what Twitter has yeah. done. You know, I also I also like I texted that- Sarah one day when she got the offer to do the podcast, and I was like, "Can I can I please can I please be your co-host? That would be really fun, please." <laughs> I was so excited because I think a couple maybe it was the like two days mm-hmm. I was at your house before that, and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to be doing this podcast, like." I want to co-host, so if you guys have suggestions of people, like let me know. And then Greg texted and was like, "I, I would, would be l- yeah, I really dig." Like, I again, I love basketball, and Sarah and I are friends. I yeah. was so excited. Yeah, I was so was. excited. Yeah, I love that people think that we. It sounds like we've known each other That's for a really sweet. long time, and it's been like yeah, it's been a couple three of years. years. Yeah. I really love it. All right, uh, and then yeah. Colin Sexton. Uh, Heart of Hearts. I think he gets. I think I we think really have to wait. I really do. He's such a, like I, he's such a good trade piece, and I know the Jazz want to get better, and I think that yeah. he's going to be supplanted. I, d- I think he's going to be surpassed by Keontae. I really do. I think Keontae is going to be yeah, the better player. It's it's hard because if the Jazz are wanting sort of like a traditional two guy, like once the roster sort of is massaged a little and gets figured out like he could be a is good he a person shooting? to slide I don't know if into he's that. a shooting guard though. 
I don't know. I don't know either. I don't think that he's a point guard, though. That's the Colin Sexton No, that's true. Is that I don't think he's good enough it is. as a point guard to be a point guard who gets a lot of minutes. He can get buckets, but that's it. He doesn't shoot very well. He's not a great playmaker. He's not a great passer. While he has made strides and has become better since being a member of the Utah Jazz, he still has a long way to go. And I have a hard time believing that the Utah Jazz, after extending him and giving him a four-year contract, going out and drafting Keontae George, have a lot of faith in Colin Sexton. We also he's also been injured the yeah. last two seasons. So that's a huge question mark of as to like whether or not he can stay healthy. I mean, I'll say this, like the injuries last year, I'm not going to put a ton of I know stock they played into it very them cautious, because there was so much sure. bubble wrap. Yeah, there was but so much was bubble still, wrap that he like still got he injured. was like Yeah, that's and hamstrings mm-hmm. are fickle um and so I think that that's something to really watch and I don't know, I think there's so much that could happen between now and February with the Jazz. Like, I know that last year we were talking about how, like, it was a season mm-hmm. of discovery. But, like, until the Jazz really fill out this roster and it feels like it becomes a contender, like, every season is going to be so much discovery with how much young talent, how many assets they have. Like, it it's really going to take some wait and see. And so... Between now and February, I think that there are a lot of questions that we have about this roster that really won't mm-hmm. be answered until we see what guys do. We see kind of the direction that the Jazz are heading. Like, are they going to trade him? Are they going to wait? Like, uh, Colin Sexton, we might not get an answer on his role with this team uh, mm-hmm. this year at all. So um, it's a lot of up yeah. in the air still. Uh, I and for the record, I hope the best for for Colin. I like the kid; he's fiery, and I I love you know, him. He's he's got that dog. I would love to see him be a big time contributor to this team, but I, in my heart of hearts, think yeah. that he's one of the most, if not the most, valuable trade asset the Jazz have. Yeah, he's he is a really good yeah. guy. Um, and a, and a, a sweet kid and like I know I know we got comments about me calling these guys kids and boys. They're kids. But I, I mean anyone who's anyone who's under thirty I'm, to me I'm is so, just a tiny little baby boy. So much closer to forty <laughs> than I am to thirty. I'm allowed to call twenty-one-year-old yeah. people kids. Your children. Tiny yeah, little they sweet are baby angels. We love them. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, this is from uh, Books Are Fun, Steven Richard One. What are your favorite – Books, books are, fun. are fun. We love books. <laughs> we should start an unsalvageable book club. Yeah. I'm already Fine. in a book club. I All can't right. do more. Uh, what are your favorite movies in general, right. uh, favorite sports movies? If you could rewatch one jazz moment again for the first time, what would it be? Uh, if I could wa- – re- just I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work backwards – if you could rewatch one yep. jazz moment again for the first time, it would be uh, Trevor Booker slapping Roy Hibbert on repeat. <laughs> that, it, that was so funny. I loved that. That was great. Uh, Trevor Booker forever. Uh, my favorite sports movies? <sighs> Hoop Dreams is, is up there. Exceptionally good. Never seen it. Raging Bull. Uh, the Scorsese movie, Joe Pesci won an Oscar for it. Exceptional movie about Jake LaMotta. Uh, Bull Durham, 
if you if you're romantic about baseball, it's one of Kevin Costner's uh, best movies. And I've had a huge crush on Susan Sarandon forever. So she's so oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a sleeper pick. Uh, the Wrestler, uh, starring Mickey Rourke, is an exceptional sports movie. It's not necessarily just about sports, but it, the main theme is that it's about. The Wrestler You've is an incredible it. movie. It's so good. Mickey yes. Rourke is so good in that movie. Yeah. Dude, Mickey Rourke is yeah. so good. Uh, I would say those are my those are my favorite sports movies. Sarah? That's also Marissa mm-hmm. Tomei. Right? Another just – Well, and <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. I hope uh, she's I having, do have I a hope list Susan here Sarandon of... and Marissa Tomei are both having just really good days. Really good weeks, really good months, really good years. Me too. <laughs> I've got a list here of sports movies oh, that I have not seen. <laughs> it's going to be so embarrassing. <clears throat> White classic. Man Can't Jump. Another Above great the one. Rim. Above the Coach Carter. Hoosiers. Hoosiers Blue is Chips, wildly overrated. Miracle. That's my sports movie hot take. <laughs> Field of Dreams. The Natural. Trouble with the Curve. You Rocky, haven't seen Rocky. Mighty Ducks. You lived ne- in Philadelphia. <laughs> Well, believe me, I got a lot what of grief for that for a few you? years. <laughs> you are, you are, like, never, that is, that is criminal negligence is what that is. Uh, yeah. My favorite movie of all time is Robin Hood Men in Tights. Classic. <laughs> it's yeah. the best movie ever. I, I. I get really upset when people are like uh, dismiss mm-hmm. comedies as great, all, like all time great movies. Yeah. Because honestly, I'm a huge Mel Brooks so fan, good. and so I'd put I'd put any of his movies sure. in like my top five. Um, but I think that Robin Hood Men in Tights is just it's so funny. the perfect movie. And I saw Dave Chappelle when I was living in the Bay Area. Um, and do I like I went to one of his shows and I got to meet him afterwards and I was so starstruck because of my love for Robin yeah. Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> and then I said to him, uh, I like jump. I was like, uh, 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 um, I, I, uh, I loved you in Robin Hood Men in Tights. And he said, damn, you old. <laughs> and then that, that was the end of the interaction. And Hell it was yeah. perfect. So, all right, I've got I've got a bunch <laughs> that I'm gonna I'm gonna just rattle off. Uh, top of the list, Shawshank Redemption. It's a perfect movie. The first first two Godfather movies <laughs> are unbelievable. Uh, I still think to this day, Terminator Two is the greatest action movie of all time. It's that's an it's incredible so, movie. <laughs> it's so so good. Uh, the number one dudes rock movie of all time, of course, Heat. Uh, Casino. Goodfellas is an absolute perfect movie. Really, you I, you could put on just about any Martin Scorsese movie, and I'm going to be happy. You know, he's got a few stinkers, but you know his batting average is right there. Guy's batting four or five hundred for a career. If we're talking baseball terms, the only movie out of that list that I've seen is Terminator well, Two. You could do a lot worse. <laughs> Uh, and then if we're talking, if we're talking comedies, I, a movie that never fails to make me laugh, like laugh to the point I cry, is super bad. Uh, Walk Hard is up there movie. too. The Dewey Cox story, so I, funny. I what Colin made um, me watch that. 
and Tropic Thunder. Like that, that to me is oh, the holy great. trinity of comedies right there. And then, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, my two, probably my two favorite movies of all time. And that is uh, There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. And I mean, you're you're a big Cormac head, I am so Cormac. I'm actually reading all the Pretty Horses right now. That's oh, I'm like ha- are you I'm really? like halfway through yeah, that. I'm, I'm about a third of the way yeah. through that. Uh, We're in yeah, a book you know club, what? and if we didn't wanna, even know if it. You want to be a part of the unsalvageable book club? Read all the Pretty, all horses, pretty horses, and then you know we'll build you up. <laughs> You know, maybe next you do uh, like the passenger, and then Stella Marie, his uh, his latest, um, which is which is sad, but not quite the saddest. And then maybe go to like No Country for Old Men, and then as like an opus, you know, that you want to really just completely uh, melt your brain. Yeah, read, read Blood Meridian, yeah. the yeah. feel good story <laughs> of the year. I. Uh... Man, I'm so bad at watching movies. Like, I've this whole list that I have here, like, those sports movies are part of a much larger list of movies that I've never seen. And it includes. I mean, you'd be like the 30th person to have done this. I will tell you, people know I. That's the thing. I will be so annoying about it. Ask. You want to know one of the reasons why I've been married now for nine years and I've been with my wife for 11? Why? Wildly persistent. Yeah. <laughs> great. Great. Uh, I I was I went and watched Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer's good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was good. It was good. It here's my problem with movies. They're long. And Oppenheimer's are yeah, it's it's so invest- long. It's, it's, an, it's so long. Yeah. Now Television and like I'm one of those people where it's like I'll complain about the commitment of a movie, yeah, but, but I'll then you'll sit watch and binge nine like hours seven hours of, of TV. Pump rules. You're just you right. are just like my wife. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually like Big Brother okay, and the Bachelorette that I watch. You know, it's, all, it's just <laughs> it's garbage. Just television. as bad. But like I, even like sitcoms, uh, at any other kind of television, like I watch television a lot more than I watch movie, and so like. If you were to ask me questions about TV, like, I've probably seen Mm -hmm. way more TV shows than, like, so many other people. But movies, I'm so bad at. And it's not, like, a thing that I I am trying to do. It's not, like, a bit I'm trying to continue. Um, Yeah. So, yes, sure. Send me your suggestions. Here's a good one from our buddy uh, James Hardman, Sad Jazz Bear. Which Ninja Turtle is the best? Okay. Obviously, it's Donatello. (laughs) I think that Donatello is an obvious choice. choice. I'm I fine think with that. Donatello, I think, is funnier than Even Michelangelo. Keel? And he's also the yeah. smartest you know one. You know always been very – So, like, he's smart been and very funny. funny to me about the Ninja Turtles is just how, like, weirdly cast they are where, like, Michelangelo was, like, a surfer dude from, like, San Diego. <laughs> well, yeah. guys, let's get some pizza. Ooh, hang ten calabunga. Calabunga. And then there's, like, Leonardo who's, like, a grizzled – like, he's, like, a he's like a New York City, like, Brooklyn detective. Hey, yo, you know I'm here. <laughs> we got to go get a – we got to go to the bodega and is- get a chopped cheese. Hey, I'm walking here. Raph is uh, 
just dealing with so much mental trauma yeah, that we don't the most know. Manic, about. Depressive person. <laughs> Just yeah. so much, so much uh, Raphael un- undiagnosed of, mental illness in that one. Yeah, Raphael of TMNT is a true champion <laughs> of mental health. Take care of yourselves, <laughs> folks. This is your reminder. Uh, all right. Uh, also, fun fact about Donatello: I'm pretty sure that Corey Feldman voiced him in the third uh, Ninja Turtles movie, which really? I will argue till my death is still good. I, I have. Uh, you know, I, I showed the because the new one's in theater, and so. Noah and I are working our way through. We watched the first two. We watched the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then we watched Secret those of are, the Use. Yeah, those are great. perfect. They're those are great perfect if you're five movies. Years old. <laughs> I love them. At Thirty-six. All right. Uh, <laughs> next question. This one's specifically for you, Sarah, from uh, Joel Hiller at Joel underscore Hiller on Twitter. What's the over under on the number of times? Next season, Sarah tweets blank player name Junior because I am here junior. for every single one. <laughs> uh, absolutely perfect bit, and it will continue right. until I That's die. Great. Uh, next one, well duh, at Slug Larson. How good do you think Dante XM will be on the Mavericks? He'll be a rotation guy if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I don't know. I have I have like no opinion of Dante X. I would love to see him. I, I wasn't I wasn't here. Right. I wasn't here for the Axum experiment. And so I didn't see all the failings. Right. Um it it made sense to me to mm-hmm. get rid of him. Uh that was an insane fight that he was in. Oh last yeah, where he year. got like he got body slammed by absolutely by body slammed. <laughs> um I don't know. I feel like maybe he's got a chance. I mean, it, Dennis Lindsay didn't bring him in because uh-huh. he hates him, right? So maybe he's got a chance. We'll see. I have so, I have very yeah. little opinion. All right. I'm going to take this next question because, uh, again, lifelong Utah here. Does Utah or Salt Lake City have a special food you can only eat here? Not necessarily, but there are a few regional foods that I cannot recommend enough. I will wax poetic about my love for the funeral potatoes at the garage. They are spectacular. Just Ooh. fried potatoes uh, that are rolled in, in uh, crushed up cornflakes and then deep fried and served with whatever uh, condiment you like. They're Exceptional. If you are in Salt Lake, a rite of passage. Sarah knows this because it was one of her first meals here. You have to get a pastrami burger, whether that is from Apollo Burger, Crown Burger, or whatever other uh, Greek burger place you want. Spectacular. Yeah, I'll say this. I, I'm fine with a pastrami burger. I'm probably going to get killed for this. I, that, that I'm actually fine with. Delicious. Um, I, I think fry it's sauce fine. is disgusting. I... I skip it every time. I don't like it at all. I so that's a that's a Utah I, thing. I I mean the majority of the fry sauces you get of just like ketchup and mayonnaise swirled together with your finger is gross. Um, I have my special recipe that I will go to my grave thinking is quite good. Um, I'm not gonna share uh-huh. that with you. I'm gonna gatekeep. I'm gonna gatekeep no. and gaslight and girl boss. <laughs> um, what else? What are some some other ones? I love when you girl I, boss. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, you got to get a, you got to get a Navajo uh, taco when you're here. Navajo tacos are so good. 
And then... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's not something that's sure. uh, specific to it's Utah. Not, it's so. not, but it is like a regional yeah. thing here. Um, and then like... Yeah. Utah per capita consumes more ice cream than any other state in the nation. Um, get it, get a milkshake, go to Arctic circle, go to iceberg, get a, get a milkshake. That's bigger than your face. Yeah. Those are not, first of all, those are not milkshakes. And second of all, yeah. they're for three people. Absolutely. It, that is just, that's just a large you cup of ice cream weight? that has a tiny <laughs> bit of milk. <laughs> it is. Yeah, the first time I got an Arctic Circle or iceberg, is it iceberg? iceberg's the really, really big one. Okay, so it was iceberg. The first time I got an iceberg milkshake, I was like, I, "Okay, well, I guess I'll just eat what's hanging over the cup. That's yeah. all I can eat." It's huge. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, by the way, that is from our friend uh, Drawzy Carmel on Twitter. Next one from Jazzy Jeff at Utah underscore jazz. Uh, what do you think Will Hardy is going to look for most in a starting point guard for this team? Playmaking seems like the obvious choice, but he might favor length, defense, etc. I think that it, it just has to be a good mix. I think defense is really important, but I think, you know, Will's the kind of guy where he wants people to just really do what's best in the moment. And I know that we could say that about any mm-hmm. NBA coach, right? Like they always want guys to just make the right choice, but he's, he's really big on like not letting guys get away with yes. not making the right choice. And so I think that it's, you know, this is why like we see him harping so much on guys like Talon and Colin Sexton because like he really wants them to be better and he wants them to do better and so like you'll see him on the sidelines like just coaching the absolute uh-huh. hell out of them because like he wants to see them do that where they make the right decision in each uh in each situation. He doesn't expect perfection, but I I think that it needs to be I and now that I'm like saying all this out loud, decision making is going to be yeah. like the number one thing. Which is why I think Chris Dunn starts. Dude, I really, I really believe do. in Chris Dunn. I, That's a wild thing to say. I really do. But I, I know. really, really do. In the year 2023. <laughs> yeah, I really I do too. If it's not here, like he, he deserves a job. He's in the an NBA, NBA player. And, NBA caliber uh, rotation player. Yes, he is. Without a doubt. I think on you know certain teams that don't necessarily need a star point guard, he could start. He's that good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think so, too. Uh, do we need uh, to wrap? We got, we got one more question, just really quickly. And I think it's a, I think it's a right, good way one to uh, end things. This is from uh, Well Duh at Slug Larson on Twitter. Uh, do the Jazz become open to trading Lowry <laughs> at any point? Maybe last season was a fluke and his value at, his, at its highest. Can I? Do you mind if I go first? Uh, first Go of all, from what I'm seeing out of Lowry right now in FIBA, this is not a fluke at all. He looks yeah. he looks yeah. so good. He looks like he's, I mean, maybe the military thing was a good thing for him because he looks like he's in even better shape than last year, which is kind of crazy to think about. But he's already putting up numbers. Yeah. He, 
He physically, he looks good. Seeing him on the court, he looks so smooth and so comfortable. And I have a whole lot of faith that that's going to transfer. Um, do the Jazz become open to trading him at any point? Because right now, you're right, and that his value is at its highest. Never say never, but it would take a pretty spectacular deal. You'd better be getting a Luka Doncic or a Giannis or that kind of a player uh, if you are going to ship Lowry out. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think barring something absolutely insane, I I don't know that the Jazz would give up Lowry in a Doncic deal. Like, because I think that, the sustainability is the most important thing here. Like the, like the question said, like, was that just a fluke? Well, we have to see him replicate kind of what he did last season and do even more and get even better. And so that's really important. We have to remember he's also 25 years old. And so like, we have not seen Lowry in his prime, a tiny baby boy, just a, this just smallest seven foot (laughs) baby boy. And so, like the idea that he could become even better and like go from being like a a burgeoning star in this league to possibly superstar like we don't know actually what the trajectory is going to be between like 25 and 29 and i think it's too good when you look at a guy like Lowry to give up on that and right now definitely right now you're not trading him. Like, I don't think there's a deal in the world where the jazz would trade him this year on the yeah, deal. That's that he's the other on thing currently. too, is that he's on like, such a sweetheart <laughs> deal right now. It's, it's on, it, he's <laughs> yeah. on one of the most team friendly deals in, in the NBA right now. Yeah. Especially considering he's the yeah, number one. And that's guy. the other thing. Yeah. You, you'd be, you'd be completely, it's not just in, like that. His value is the highest and everything. This is your guy right now. And if you are going to change yeah. him or, or, or if you were to trade him away, you are completely changing the trajectory of this team, the entire look, feel, uh, the way the Jazz play. Everything about this team changes if you trade Lowry and like, you know, if you bring in a if you bring in like a really like top ten bona fide superstar or something like that, maybe that's a good thing. But like, you better get that right because right now you have a guy. I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it again because it blows my mind. He put up identical numbers to Dirk Nowitzki's MVP. Yeah, the the Dirk comparisons for him coming out of college were absolutely warranted. The comparisons that we saw this year from like the likes of Jason Mm -hmm. Kidd, right, who said that he reminded him of Dirk, like those are all happening for a reason because he's a seven foot guy who plays that way and so and honestly um more athletic than dirk better defender than dirk and so it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with his body of work over the next Mm -hmm. couple of seasons and this season is really really important i have a lot of faith in him though i i i am a believer in lowry and i think that he is the real deal I would be shocked if he doesn't make the all-star team again. Um, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's just, there's so much more to consider than just like trading a guy when his value is at its highest. 
Yeah. I mean, when his value is at its highest, sometimes that means his value yeah, for your exactly, team is like, at its highest. Sometimes that means, no, you've got your guy and it's time to go all in. And let's also remember that yeah, Lowry exactly. is the key contributor to the fast forward button getting pressed on this team's rebuild. This is a team that is on the cusp. Right of contention they're not quite there there still needs to be some development and some cohesion and chemistry and like there's still some holes in this roster but you are so much further along than any of us thought you we would be at this time after the gobert and mitchell trades and lowry lowry's the key yeah instead of of instead of having yeah instead (laughs) of having two or three years of tanking and like in like being in the dust you had one year of tanking and now yeah. we're going to just see it what happens it would not surprise me to see the jazz sneak into the playoffs this year no, no they're, absolutely they're not that good and they have a roster filled with with nba talent and again i still don't think the jazz are finished when it comes to making moves so we'll see what happens between now and the trade deadline yeah. but uh listen if i was justin zanuck or Danny Ainge, it would have to take a monumental blow the doors off, knock my socks off deal for me to part with Larry Markinen. Yeah, like a really like something that feels yeah, exactly. sort of historic. Yeah. Um, before we close out here, um, I got an email recently from uh, one of my readers. Who suggested uh, a contest of sorts that I should do, um, like through the Desert News? But we're going to use it here at Unsalvageable mm-hmm. because it sounds like fun, and I've got prizes to give away. I've got jazz swag go. to be given, uh, and so I'm just going to read exactly from the email. It'd be fun if you sponsored a contest to name the correct starting jazz lineups for games one, five, ten, and twenty. Us fans are having a crazy fun time talking about different starting lineups. First of all, Dale. Thank you for the email. I will email him back and, first of all, tell him to listen to this podcast. <laughs> and uh, secondly, to everyone else, let's do it. So we're gonna. it's going to be one prize for the person who is has the highest number of correct uh, starting lineups or the highest number of players if, they, if nobody has, like, a correct starting lineup, right? But these have to be... Uh, sent to us, whether it's DM, email, comment on Twitter, wherever you want to send it, you guys can get a hold of us. You've got to get it to us before the start of the regular season. I believe that that's going to be October 24th. So you have to get it to us before then. And then it is starting lineups for games 1, 5, 10, and 20. And we will repeat this information once the schedule comes out, which should be, I think, this coming week. Uh, so that's something to look forward to is the schedule coming out. So once the schedule comes out, games 1, 5, 10, and 20, the Jazz starting lineups for those games. And then you're going to get uh, a great swag bag. Uh, I've got some cool Jazz stuff. And in addition, Greg will kiss you straight on the mouth. I need to probably get uh, permission from the wife. <laughs> We've made it nine years, and I'm, you know, I want to make sure that we can continue. <laughs> Because, again, everything in this world is wildly expensive, including divorce attorneys. So uh, I'll – Well, okay. The smooch yeah. is pending. I think she'll be cool with <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah. Um, I've, again, I've got some cool stuff, and it's going to be a good contest. And uh, like I said, we'll mention it again. 
after the schedule comes out, and we'll mention it again before the start of the regular season. But also a reminder, you know, we're going to be here next week, and then we'll probably be taking a a week off because I'm going to be on vacation. And it's August. And and then and then then when I get back from vacation though in September, training like we are camp. right on the heels. It is training camp's going to be right around the corner. I can't wait. We're going to have preseason that starts, I believe, for the Jazz. It's going to be on October second. So um, those games have not been announced yet. I know what it is, but I'm sworn. I to cannot secrecy. say. <laughs> so I'm sworn to secrecy. Via anonymous sources. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a lot to look forward to. It's going to be very fun. Some cool stuff happening for preseason. So, I, I mean, one thing that's public, the Jazz are going to be playing in Seattle against the Clippers during the preseason. Hell yeah. So, that's fun. Uh, hopefully a preview of things to yeah. come. Ex- oh, Need it, needed in my life. Amen. That oh, was man, that was really fun. So much fun. These are always some of my favorite episodes. We need to do more ba- sure. more mailbags because I love when people send us yeah. questions. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't yeah. get any relationship advice questions. That is kind of pissing me off because I was, I was ready, ready to, to dish problems. out some. <laughs> I was going to get. I was, I was really going ready to, to solve the world's problems. <laughs> I was probably going to break them up. So. <laughs> The pod giveth, the pod taketh away. <laughs> taketh away. That's going to do it for us here at Unsalvageable. You, unsalvageable. I don't know how to say the name. It doesn't matter. You guys know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, download, do all of the things. Please give us a five-star review. Um, also, uh, any local businesses out there, uh, we are taking on advertises. Uh, advertisers. And so if you want to have your business's name mentioned on the podcast, we've done it before with other local businesses, most recently with uh, the Biker's Edge in Kaysville, which, again, great shop, you guys should visit everyone who rides a bike, etc. But um, yeah, so if you know someone or if you own a business or anything like get in touch or DMs are open, we've got great rates. So that's that. You can follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. You can follow our producer Matt. He's at Swans of Never Ever Actually Try to Find His Twitter uh, handle because it's really stupid and we hate the Smashing Pumpkins. And we will talk to you next uh, time. Donate to Now in Neutral. <laughs>